What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nikki. What up, what up, what up? Nick, and it can't just be us today. So we have to bring on distinguished guests every so often. So we have the owner and operator of Ungaku Overdrive and the lead podcast or the podcaster for Nerd Music Meltdown, our boy, Kent. What up, Kent? Yo, guys, what up? What up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing very good. Glad to be on here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You must be excited because you we are going to talk about nerd music and you are you have an event coming up in like about three weeks, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, October, tw- uh, October 15th at the Abbey. Yeah, that's right, guys. I got Ongakuvenia, which is going to be our Halloween party taking place in October on the 15th at the Abbey, downtown Orlando, uh, like you said. We're celebrating video game music Halloween style, so we're going to have a half Halloween party, half video game concert. It's going to be Castlevania-themed, of course, and as we're recording this, it is the birthday of Castlevania, so Fuck all exciting yes. stuff. The I stars mean, have games, aligned. <laughs> definitely. Those games are awesome. The soundtracks are incredible, still iconic after all these years. So. Oh, yeah. We have some uh, bands come out, play some video game music, not just Castlevania, but video game music in general. So it's going to be a lot of fun stuff. We have a really cool lineup. Uh, we have a costume contest, game setups, Castlevania-themed cocktails, prize raffles, and more. Oh, hell, you see, you when you go to Ken's events, you don't, you don't get just concert. You get everything. And that's what I love about it. You get a plethora of little things. Like he says, video game setups, co- specialty cocktails, which is... Which we went to, uh, we went to one, we just talked about the one with Mega Ran. Yeah. And I think you had two specialties, and I think I ordered like two of each. <laughs> it was that. Yeah, and I, mean, I know you come up with the fucking heat when it comes with that. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the Warriors of Light show. So that was a Final Fantasy themed event. I actually talked about this with someone yesterday uh, that I had lunch with, and she told me how much she loved the drinks because uh, we had like ones like they're called Phoenix Down and Cactuar Juice. So that was a big hit with the crowd. And, that's really important because, you know, we want to make the event special. We want it to just be music. Like our crowd, they don't normally go to concerts and they're huge gamers. They're huge anime fans. And they want it to be a little bit more of a special event. So we like having all that stuff there in addition to the concerts to make that a really cool experience for everyone. No, it does. And I have to tell you one thing. I don't know if I've, if I've told you this before. So since your um, Warrior of Light show, I've been diving into a lot of like gaming soundtracks to the point that i've i've i'm and this is your fault i'm blaming you here right on the podcast that i've even dived into trying to find certain vinyls to to add to my collection Uh, what have you collected so far and nothing yet because all the ones that i really (laughs) want are way out of my price range so i have to go through my second and third tier but i've seen some but what i love about it is like the soundtrack is beautiful Second, they're so low on low press count, so to get one is like a grail, like for specialty ones that you want. Like the one that I wanted to get, and this is not even this is more anime on the anime side was uh Samurai Champloo or Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Those are oh, rare yeah. to find. Those are because new jabs on that. That's a grail in itself. But then for gaming, the one I was looking for was um, it was. Uh, the Zelda one, not Breath of the Wild. It was Ocarina of Time. Yeah, totally understand. That one's a classic. Yeah, with anime soundtracks, you pretty much have to pre-order those in order to get them. Like, that's your best chance 
Actually, I have a Cowboy Bebop vinyl myself. Oof, and if you don't get those right away, then you're SOL. Yeah. What? So, all right. So, I have to ask. So, what got you so into doing uh, nerd music concerts? That's that's because I, I, I've known you through that venue and through, like, our fighting game uh, tournament friends and everything else. But I never even got to ask you. I just want to explore into that idea of it. Sure. Um, it was about 10 years ago. Actually, yeah, coming up on 10 years of the first show that I put on with uh, Nerdcore Axe. And that was a uh, charity party for an anime club I ran at the time called Propower Anime. And also during that time, I was a staff member of Anime Fest for Orlando and uh, Megacon's anime track uh, that they had at the time. So um, I was pretty much heavily involved in conventions and running a club. So I was connected to a lot of people. I was a regular at a comic shop. I was going to a show called Nerdapalooza, which featured a lot of nerdcore acts and some video game bands at the time. And that was growing um, at a really good rate. But like one of the things I noticed was they weren't really trying to reach out to anime fans. And at the time, anime was in a weird place as far as the mainstream nerd conscious. Like the MCU is, you know, growing and a lot of nerds were embracing that. But it felt like anime was this like weird redheaded stepchild at the time. <laughs> and things would change with the advent of streaming technology. Like Netflix and Crunchyroll just blew anime way the hell up and now it can't be denied. But it felt like the nerd community wanted to keep anime fans out. Kind of like fighting, fighting game tournaments wanted to keep Smash players out. Even though Smash is way bigger than any fighting game out there. That and true. you could even argue that anime is bigger than almost anything nerdy that's not the MCU. Yeah, no. I completely Yeah. So it was like you're... People are, are coming out of the woodworks that have been super anime nerds, or just nerd itself coming out of the woodworks and be like, I've been here for 20 plus years, 15 <laughs> plus years, and now oh, yeah. I get to embrace and show the love that I have for it. So, yeah, so the, the that when I was like 10 years, that's that's a, that's a bit of a grip. And everything you came from and starting from like just connections to now you're running your own shows, I... It, and and you have the great lineup because I know you have the mags, you have Trash Burger, you have mm-hmm. um, who else was there? A uh, Ben Briggs, I've seen yeah, him. Ben I think Briggs. I've seen him on one of your events. I've seen him on one of your stream events. I remember. Yeah, Ben Briggs is one of our most booked acts. When we started on Gaku Overdrive, he was actually on the first real show that we did. And as he's grown as a performer, we featured him so many times. And he also runs the uh, Tiny Waves Net label in Orlando. And they put on shows as well, like uh, they run Cos Rave, and they also do the K-pop rave, which uh, those happen at conventions like Holiday Missouri, but they also happen pretty regularly at the Geek Easy in Winter Park, Florida. So Ben is probably one of the most powerful video game DJs on the planet, and he just happens to live in Orlando. Um, our featured our featured act though is the Megas, which they're an amazing video game band out of Los Angeles. Uh, they specialize primarily in doing vocalized uh, synth rock covers of oh, Mega Man. Cause, you know. yes. But then they started branching out to a side project called the Belmonts, which obviously is all Castlevania vocal uh-huh. covers. And they kick ass. They have a lot of charisma. They put a lot of effort into writing very interesting songs that tell stories. Um, so it's not just straight up like, hey, I'm going to play Castlevania bloody tears on guitar and drums like we're gonna have lyrics to this and it's gonna it's gonna flesh out the characters and the game storyline through music which i think is wonderful because oh yeah i think one of the most one of the most important parts of uh video games is the soundtrack so having a band that can just reinterpret that like uh like a pop rock type thing i think is super cool 
Yeah, that's true. And and you were touching something I wanted to ask you too, because you were saying how important is a soundtrack to the music, the soundtrack of a mu- to the music to the game. How much of a big of an experience is there in comparison to playing the game and playing that soundtrack that plays along with the game? I don't think I understand the question. So, like, I was because uh, my thought process is because there's a lot of games that you 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 could just play it through, but there's other yeah. games that the soundtrack elevates the experience on on its own definitely like final fantasy is one of them like for me like how i was saying earlier like zelda's ocarina time when he was through the forest i could play that at night and fall asleep and i could still remember the gameplay of how when i went through the woods like i associate it so much that if you play it without me seeing anything, I could remember the gameplay, which which room I'm going into. And that and I think that's just that added experience into that. Like, do you have any games or any music or soundtrack to a game that I'm like, if I hear it, I can remember the day I played it, the day I finished it, the accomplishment I got, or a core memory that connects to that. I mean, I always think about Mega Man 2 and the first time I played that and that soundtrack by Takashi Tateishi is so good. Like Metal Man, Iron Man, all that stuff, Flash Man especially. It's just they're all iconic bangers. Like that whole soundtrack is nothing but like incredibly very easily to remember tunes. That one I remember because I was like at a friend's birthday party where I first played it. Another one I remember was the first time I played Street Fighter 2, the World Wars, the OG Street Fighter 2. Yes. We had just gone out of movie theater. I think we saw Batman Returns, and there was a line for an arcade machine in the, the movie theater lobby back then. You would see all kinds of really cool arcade games everywhere. Pizza parlors, comic book stores, laundromats, uh, movie theaters, of course. Not just arcades or bowling alleys. Like, arcades were everywhere in the early 90s. And this one was had a line, so we were like, all right, let's get up on it. And it ended up being Street Fighter 2, and I saw a dude named Ken, which is close enough to my name that I picked him. And as a little kid, eight years old or whatever, I was actually beating other people in line <laughs> like i had like a streak going until they all gave up and i played against dalzim and i i couldn't figure out dalzim at the time so uh that was that was my first memory but like that music from yoko shimamura just killed it you know so those are two soundtracks that i remember uh very well when i first played the game and where i was when i played them oh yeah no 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 that street fighter 2 world yeah, that's and Mega Man too. Yeah, those you yeah. you hit some like gems when when you're hitting those core memories. Oh man, yeah. So all right, so getting into the more games is um what what is your expectation to to see Ongaku go into? Are you looking into getting into more like conventions or bigger venues? So I just recently accepted a position to staff for an event called MAGFest. MAGFest means uh. Music and Games Festival. It takes place early January, the first weekend of January, in uh, National Harbor, Maryland. It's on an island. There's a big, giant Gaylord Hotel that is um, where MAGFest is stationed. There's a bunch of, like, branch satellite hotels that are in the area as well that people can stay at. But, like, it's four days of video games and video game music. It is a super hardcore party. Um, if you like high-end video game panels, art, history culture yeah and concerts man that is the ultimate event that's like a hundred times the size of what ongaku overdrive is so my goal is to not only contribute to them with my 15 plus years of event running experience and convention staffing experience but 
I also want to learn from them and see how they do things and see if I can use that knowledge and experience to improve what I do with Omgak Overdrive and also make our events better for the people here in Orlando that may not be able to afford the hundreds of dollars it would take to go to a MAGFest yeah. with all the travel costs and all that, but they could probably afford to spend 20 to $30 on a ticket to our show. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And I have to say, I do live vicariously to you through you when you go to MAGFest. Every time you like, yo, I'm on my plane going to MAGFest, I'm like, I need to see the photos right after. And because you it go live, real. you take pictures. <laughs> yeah, like it's, I'm like, this is, um, this is like right next to, I'm gonna, like, there's like my top three events to go to cons is San Diego Comic Con, which is, I think, is everybody's usually their top one because that's where everything's going on. Then Absolutely. right, right behind it, it's MAGFest tied with Dragon Con. There Th- you go. Those are my three, like, I need to hit this. My that's bucket your, list. That's your bucket list. My so. bucket list of cons I need to go to. <laughs> like, yeah, I would say that. Um, fuck all the other cons. Can, <laughs> but yeah, so my yeah. top. So what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can compare MAGFest and Dragon Con pretty well because they are 24 7 events that bring out a ton of people that are very passionate about what they're into. Like Dragon Con gears more into like general nerd culture, like sci fi, fantasy, comics. But MAGFest, straight up, we love if you love video games on a more than casual level. Yeah, and you appreciate the art and history of what video games are, then that is the event for you. That is the ultimate gamer event. Uh, we I need to book. I need to get my next ticket to out there. Yeah, tickets time. actually. Um, tickets go on sale this week, and they're they're going to start announcing the acts. Um, you definitely don't want to miss it. That's going to be a cool event too. If you like want it, just an amazing conventional weekend. Magfest is dope. Dress warm though. Dress warm. <laughs> oh, it does get cold it, out there. Dude, it was snowing this year, like actual, like multiple inches of snow outside the hotel. Oh shit! Uh, they have uh, they have machines go through the streets to clear out the the roads, obviously, because they know how to handle that. But um, yeah, it was like my first time seeing real snow uh, <laughs> was this year at Magfest because it got that cold. Wow. Uh, well, well, I missed that uh, weather. Huh? I missed that weather. You missed that? I don't miss yeah. that weather at all. No, I'm good. I'll see. I'll see you in sunny Orlando. And and, mm-hmm. and and I'll go to all of the Ngaku events then to deal with snow any day of the Actually, Definitely. <laughs> What's great about this though is things are starting to cool down here in Orlando, so you can go outside to the Abbey without melting. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so let's 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 dive into I wanna you know, I wanna talk about one of the acts and I think there's a newer act they haven't seen, I don't think I've seen them live yet. Or seen it was uh the limit breakers. Yeah, they're, they're very new. Yeah, because I'm like, when I saw the lineup, I'm like, they, I, I saw their pictures. I'm like, one of their faces looked familiar, but I'm like, I don't think I've seen them or they probably like newly formed or something. So I was like, yeah, I know they're all from Jacksonville. That's, that's so cool. Cause now they're, what are they, a tribute band, right? Yeah, they are a video game cover band that is uh, more of a, j- a jazz rock thing. So they got horns going, which I love about video gaming music. One of the things I love about all these bands is that they can all bring something to the table because, when this whole thing started like 20 plus years ago, it was, it was generally rock bands and some DJs, but now it's branched out to have jazz, metal, hip hop, even mariachi. There's like a mariachi band out of Texas that plays <laughs> oh, video yeah. game music, and they are dope, by the way. Mariachi Entertainment System. They're oh. on my uh, wish list for future Ungaku. Oh, hell yeah. But, um, That'll be dope. The mariachi? Breakers, they, mm-hmm. be yeah, Mariachi fire. Entertainment System. But um, the Limit Breakers, like you said, are out of Jacksonville. They actually started during the pandemic. And um, so did Trash Burger, by the way. And uh, they were planning to do shows, like, right out the gate. And then, you know, the shutdowns happened. So 
now that it has been figured out how to do all these events again in a way that's safe and responsible, um, now these acts are playing at shows more. And the Limit Breakers just had their first convention show at Ancient City Con in St. Augustine a couple weeks ago. And it was actually one of their first shows. They've done a couple live shows already and they've done some virtual shows. But like playing it at a convention, that's a whole different animal. So oh, yeah. they actually they actually did a very good job. They had a great turnout. The crowd was really into what they did. And I was hoping to have some notes to take for them. Like, you know, I'll take some notes. Like, hey, here's some things you can work on, guys, before the show. But they did a really good job all around. So I didn't really have that for them. Like, they didn't waste a lot of time talking. They got right into music. They uh, knew how to get – they knew – they had a really nice, nicely thought out set from start to finish. They even had a couple anime – uh, songs thrown in so i told them at our show they better play their hunter their hunter hunter themes they did a version <laughs> of uh the, they did a version of departure that i really liked and I, i'm a big fan of hunter hunter so oh, when yeah. i did that i'm like oh they gotta play that at my show so there'll be like <laughs> one anime song at ongakuvenia so hope you guys yes. dig that what is all right so talking about that and you were saying that you checked out their uh, convention and you try to find out pointers and things like that. What is your selection process? Do you have a selection process when some like when there's new acts and be like, "Yo, we want to jump on Ongaku." So if anybody is listening, they'd be like, "Hey, I do nerd music. How do I get on Ongaku?" Is there oh, is there is there, is there some question. some things you look at? So be like, "Hey, we want everybody, but we still want to keep conform to like the theme that we're trying to stick to, or anything you want to add to that." All right. So all great questions. So when I put together a show, I mean, theme's important, but we're not married to it. We've, we've been married to it a couple times with our Zelda and Final Fantasy shows, but it's hard to find a full lineup that are dedicated to specific games outside of that because a lot of bands will like to play a little bit of everything, right? So we're not geared to that entirely. We'll try to make sure that, hey, when we pick acts, that they have a good chunk of music in their catalog. So if they're doing a Castlevania show or a Persona show, they can have something that's relevant to the theme in their set, but they don't have to hardcore play nonstop Castlevania music. But um, as far as the selection process, I mean, we are a business. There's dozens of acts I'd love to have on our shows. And we use uh, things like barometers, like our virtual Ongaku shows to see what our crowd is into. We also do surveys as well of what people want to see because we need to know what the fans want because that's going to determine who we book for our shows. We know people here in Orlando love the Megas because the last time we had the Megas was at the Geek Easy for our Mega Mania show, and that sold out. Like, that was capacity event. Yeah. So people have been wanting the Megas back since, so we're finally doing that for Ongakuvenia. We wanted to do that last year, but um, finding a suitable venue in a time frame where the Megas could come down was challenging, so uh, we put it off to this year. So we know they're an act that people want to see. Ben's an act that's been established here for many years. Um and people love him, so we wanted to have him on the show because he can kill it. When we want to do a party, Ben's the best DJ to book for that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but regarding Trashburger and the Limit Breakers, they're local bands, so there's not going to be a lot of cost to have them out. They don't have to be put up in a hotel. They don't need to be put on a flight. And I'm no, I know they're going to kill it, and they're going to let their audiences know that they built up at these events, know that they're playing at our show, so they can help promote our show on a local level, which is very important. So... I like to have a nice mix of acts that are from different parts of the country that normally can't be here, along with acts that are from around here and can let all their people know that, hey, you need to come out to the Abbey for the show. No, no, but, of course. Um, what was it? I'm but, sorry. I mean, for various aspects, we're going to play in, like, how much is it going to cost to have the act on the show? Because we are on a budget that includes travel, 
that includes venue fees, that includes what we're paying the performers, what we're paying staff, what we pay for advertising and art. Like we try to stay under a budget for our events. So the lineup we have has to fit into that. So if an act costs thousands of dollars to be at our show, we're not going to have them. They cost maybe, you know, hundreds that might work. The megas obviously because they're from LA, those flights are mad expensive. So we had to find sponsors that were willing to support our event to cover a good chunk of those flight costs, which we were successful in. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's great. And then I love that you were talking about that, that you're, you are catering or um, going to our pretty much Orlando or your, your fan base to be like, what do you want? What do you want to listen to? Who do you like? Who can we bring back? Yeah. And that's one thing that when me, me and Nick started the podcast and like that, and, and I tell people, I'm like, yeah, we'll call from, my, we, we have different name variations, but ultimately we're sticking with from my mom's garage. But I'm like, ultimately we're nerds from Orlando and people that come to Orlando know about Orlando. They only know about Disney universal. That's yep. it. I'm like, no, there is an underbelly of so much fandoms that people don't understand like there's huge like fighting game tournaments have fandoms like nerd music concerts like people's like I, when i told a few of my friends i'm like hey i'm going to a concert well pre the pandemic when i was going to yours and i was like what kind of concert is like oh it's like mega ran and a couple of people my boy can't throw and he was like what, what kind of music i'm like it's nerd core music anything that's anime video game comic book whatever they have he has that there and i want to be there because this is something that people normally don't hear about and you expanding yeah. into that and growing in the rate that you are and having people from Los Angeles. I remember you had some, and I think you had another team, another band from Texas come out one time or you had them virtually. Oh, yeah. Texas. That sense of, yeah. That was the sense of Erdrick and also the returners. They're both from Austin. Yes. And, uh, they were yeah, fucking they amazing. It yeah, was really cool. And, I, and you brought up a good point there with Orlando. Like we have a lot of cool stuff here. We have, multiple arcades that are all unique we have a whole bunch of comic book stores um we have all kinds of events that celebrate art music of all kinds cultures of all kinds uh, whether it be you know gay hispanic asian you know black whatever like regardless of what you are there is something here for you it's not just theme park stuff like there's a very lively city in here and I don't think a lot of that gets love like it should because Disney just dominates the whole conversation. Yeah. And and that's what we try to do. We try to highlight different aspects or different uh, certain communities within nerd culture in Orlando to highlight them, to be like, let's bring them on. Let's show them that we, we do more than just Disney and Universal. Like you could come here and go to like Monster Arcade or the well, the one that you just had, the pineapple uh, uh, pin... Uh, oh, I was at the, we had a meetup at the Pinball Lounge, which pin- is uh, right in Oviedo. Great place. Yes. Um, and I like that place because, one, they got the liquor bar, but they got a bunch of awesome pinball cabinets, uh, new stuff, classic stuff, and also emissions free. So if you just want to go there and hang out and have a drink, you can. Yeah. RK Mars is cool, but some people may not want to pay that $20 admission just to hang out for a little bit. So um, I think the Pinball Lounge as a hangout spot works a little bit better yeah. than Arcade Monsters. But if you want to stay at an arcade and game for hours on end, a place like Arcade Monsters or Player One, or I just checked this place out over the weekend, our Ready Game Begin, those are all dope places. Oh, yeah. And, then, and all of them are mom and pop shops. So they're just uh, starting from the ground up. So they're, they're not big chains. They're all people that are local, that are nerds, and that love the community and want to give back to it. One of our favorite spots is uh, Gods and Monsters, which is a comic book store that has their own little 
hidden bar inside. So if you want to read comics yeah. and get drunk, fucking that's the place to go. I also yeah, think it's, um, sorry, I didn't. Oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, sorry, I couldn't hear myself. No, so yeah, no, just because you mentioned um, this place and the bar in um, Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters, and uh, don't forget that it's also a escape room. Oh, at certain times, yeah. Yeah, the bar itself is an escape room as well. So it's like the, they have those places. I mean, you, you tell people like I, like he was saying is I have people that come down from New York, and they come to obviously come down for the more obviously touristy places, and I tell them yeah you know we we went this place and we did this and like they have that. Like they're like shocked and surprised because obviously they're in New York. You always gonna find these amazing little underground places, but they don't expect that Orlando, Central Florida specifically, that would have those things. So when we, you know, when we talk about it, when we highlight it, when we go to the events, or we literally post it online, that people are like, they think we literally left the state to go somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's great that we're 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 talking about this and and let's dive into. So just to wrap it up, so uh, we have it on October fifteenth at the Abbey. Uh, from I think it's from seven to ten, if I'm not mistaken. Seven oh, to no, twelve. Oh no, seven to midnight. Oh, you fucking you went to midnight. You yeah, went yeah. straight to the end. Don't, don't love don't, it. Yeah, don't be old. Don't, don't, don't be, be old, old guy. Yeah. I need to be home by nine thirty. No, no, no. Yeah, we're sleeping, fucking sleeping on Saturday morning. Get your costumes ready. We're gonna have a costume contest. Any of you want to enter the costume contest? It's Halloween, so like find something in the closet door to the show. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, you might want to Uber if you're planning on drinking. That's always important. Yes. Um, safe. Be safe. It's right down. It's right down the street from Waikiola, so it's in the good part of downtown Orlando. Actually, if you guys show up early before the show starts, uh, there's a Thai and sushi place there called Udom. They do a uh, sushi and sake happy hour from 5 to 7 p.m. every nice. day, including Saturday. So if you want to get some cheap rolls, some cheap sake before the show, Free I'd gaming. recommend stopping there for dinner before coming to Onkakuvania. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And... Before we go, Kent, let's talk. Uh, let them know where can they find your nerd music meltdown and 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 everything that that's about because that's you dive into. I've seen, I heard a couple episodes. You dive into deep with some of these other acts that you got onto your episodes. Yeah, definitely. So the nerd music meltdown is a podcast I started in 2016 because at the time I've gone to know a lot of these acts and hear their stories in private, and I'm like, man. If people got to hear some of these uh, tales that these acts have and what they've had to go through to be musicians, I think uh, they would grow their fan base. People would be more invested in them emotionally because I feel like what's really important about you know success of any entertainer, the success of any entertainer is uh, connecting with the audience. I think that's one of the things that Megaran excels at is just having that fan connection. And I feel like the podcast is a great way for artists to come out of their shells and you know talk about who they are and what they're all about and we'll talk about music we'll talk about games we'll talk about various social issues sometimes when it's warranted because obviously as the nerd culture grows and becomes part of mainstream culture there's various subjects that get talked about whether whether it's a representation of race or gender or just like you know how we should conduct ourselves at events so it's it's all the interviews on our podcasts are incredibly interesting in different ways there's always something different with each guest we're close to 100 episodes i gotta work on recording that but the nerd music meltdown can be found on every podcast platform apple spotify stitcher radio amazon etc um definitely give it a uh, give it a ch- give it a shot we just had an interview with ben briggs actually on our show Oh, dope, dope, dope. All right, guys. I want to say thank you again to Kent to joining us and talking about Ungaku Overdrive, their Ungaku Vania coming up, and Nerd Music Meltdown. And like that, guys, always 
Find us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at From My Mom's Garage, or email us at ffffmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, concerns, questions, emails, if you want advice or places to go to get those tickets. And like always, send a friend, bring a friend, tell a friend. See you next week. Later.